This episode of the Reality Check podcast has been brought to you by my listeners, Patreons, and friends. If you'd like to find out more about how you can support the podcast and get some cool rewards, head over to patreon.com slash Zach P. Phillips. So yesterday I did a self-care Sunday challenge. Basically, I've recognized that I was having a rough week. I recognized that my mental state was quite down and I wanted to take some time to just sort of really hit the nail over the head and address it now before it got worse, before it spiraled out of control, before I lost more functionality than I already had. To put it into context, I basically, I had a rough day at work on the Monday. Then that led to some poor choices on the Tuesday and the Wednesday. I had to take some time off work um, and I was able to slowly recover. And then I just sort of, by the weekend, by that Sunday, I realized I'm like, okay, I just need to just, I need to reset. I need to, I need to look sort of, look inwards, take some time for myself and really just look after myself to be able to put myself back on the path. So what I decided to do was a, use that whole Sunday as a rest and recovery time. So what I decided to do was a few different things. I'm going to break it down. I'll, I'll share briefly what I, what I did and I'll put a picture in the show notes so you can sort of read what, what all of these are and why. But I did a hour of meditation, 15 minutes writing therapy, a hour long walk, 30 minutes of stretching, a warm bath with a book, drank two liters of water and did a full day food fast. So why all of these things? And what were the results? So in general, the results were great. I feel crazy refreshed and ready to go. But specifically, why each thing? So the the hour of meditation, I mean, I talk about it all the time, but meditation is just so prime for just discovering who you are, what you are, what's going on inside your brain. I mean, if you want to know who you are, if you want to know what's going on, just sit in silence and look and just watch. This was a... Uh, a practice of mindful breathing. So just focusing on the breath, entering and leaving the nose. It Usually I do a 10-minute guided meditation in the morning and a 10-minute mindfulness practice in the morning. Um, if I have more time, I do more, but that's generally what I can fit in. So I decided to, you know, six times that. And and interestingly, the the results, the benefits were compounded. It was quite significantly more beneficial. I felt quite a lot more relaxed. I felt a lot more free and my chest was just open. I had this sort of like just general calmness to my disposition. It interestingly it didn't it didn't feel it felt almost as long as a 15 minute session. I know that sounds sounds a little bit crazy, but the actual sort of internal clock, it went very quickly. There was only a couple of times that I remember thinking like, man, I'm still meditating. And of, of course, when you're meditating, thoughts come up and you acknowledge them and then you go back to the point of focus. In this, in my case, it was the, the breath entering and leaving the nose. So thoughts of like, oh, what am I doing here? This is, this is boring, yada, yada, do pop up. The whole point of the meditation is to return your focus back to the breath. And, and I sort of left going, oh man, that was just so utterly refreshing. And it's taught me that there will be times that like, you know, maintaining a daily practice is good, but going hard every so often and by by hard from a meditating perspective, it means like just doing a longer session. You know, there's, there, there is a benefit to maintaining a daily practice, like any form of self-improvement, exercise, knowledge, all that sort of stuff. 
but going the extra mile doing that 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 extra session the longer session or in terms of meditation the retreat in terms of exercise it would be like you know doing a harder session or exercising different muscles or targeting or doing a different thing it produces different benefits and in some of the books that i've read about meditation they suggest to do this thing and this is really demonstrated to me the the benefit of upping the amount of time now I don't have an hour to do meditation every day. I'd love to, but what I've realized is, is on the opportunities to take that time, it's certainly worth it. And in fact, later on during the day, my, my son came and sit on me and I'm trying to sort of get him into meditation, just, you know, just being peaceful and calm. So we did another 10 minutes together and I was actually able to, I, I sort of wasn't feeling adverse to it. I was wanting more of it. Um, so quite telling there. I, you know, the walking and the stretching is basic body recovery. You know, I, I, I lift weights every day and go quite hard on my physical body. So a calm walk and a stretch is obviously very beneficial. The parasympathetic nervous system benefits of calming down, you know, a calming walk, a calming stretch, that relaxation is obviously great. Uh, drinking water is self-evident. We need to be hydrated. Um, I find I'm, I'm always a big water drinker, but just ensuring that I'm just hydrating myself and, and yeah, obviously warm water with a book, warm bath with a book makes sense. I love reading and <laughs> baths are very relaxing. Once again, the parasympathetic nervous system, um, the bit of escape, the, the enjoyment of reading the book. Um, but the main ones I wanted to sort of drill down upon other than the meditation was the writing therapy and the full day fast. So once again, I've talked about writing therapy before, but ba basically the practice is you get a pen, get a page or your laptop and you just write. You just write whatever comes to your mind and you just get it out. This is a great way to, it's like sort of like a, you know, like it's writing therapy. The page listens. The page doesn't judge. You can discard the page. It has no preconceived notions of who you are, what you are. It's just expression. And if you think about it, a lot of the benefits you get from a psychologist or psychiatrist or friendship groups or a, you know, religious advisor, all of these things comes from just talking, just getting it out. It's why we're, we're social creatures. It's just expression and understanding. But there's some things that you don't want to share with other people or that you feel you can't or that the people that you're choosing to express it with are involved. So there's like, there's a lot of reasons why you might want to consider writing therapy. So for me, it's I'm able to get the stuff out of my brain onto the page that is too personal, is too hard, is confronting, is stuff that I'm not quite sure of. Or it's just this free flow. Because once it's on the page, it's like it's out of you. You're exposing those demons to light and you're putting it on the page. And 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 then I suppose the process afterwards, you can look back over it and see, see where you have been and sort of edit it for reality. So for example, if you make statements of, man, I am so terrible, I'm so bad, I'm so X, you can look back and go, well, no, I was feeling like that back then, but I'm not. That was a feeling, not a statement of fact. So... I was able to do the 15 minutes of writing therapy and it ended up being about 30 because I just sort of kept going and it revealed a lot of things to me. I'm not going to go into depths of what the writing therapy showed me particularly. It's more the point that doing it allowed me to let go of some of the hangups of my past. The older I get, the, the, the sort of more I sort of go through this therapeutic process, the more I self-care, the more I sort of work on myself the more issues from my past I'm seeing and I'm realizing. So a very small example was 
my son plays with, uh, you know, those like little cars that go on, um, little car games that are on a tube. I can't even remember the name, but they're like orange and uh, Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels cars. And every time he, he plays with it, I would feel this, mm, this funny sensation. And I realized that I've got this sort of mild trigger to Hot Wheels. And I, I couldn't work out why, but yesterday I looked at it and I realized I'm like, oh, okay. And this memory of my past of me sitting at some person's house that was, it was just, a, you know, if, you know, if you follow with my, 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 my father's history, it was just some derelict drug addicted family with kids that they never looked after. And they had a decrepit old set of Hot Wheels toys. I was unaware of that. I didn't realize that, but through writing therapy and through this introspection and then seeing my son play with it, me having this weird aversion for, for no reason, like I just couldn't work it out. I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense now. So now from that lesson of the Hot Wheels, I go, okay, if I have a sort of a negative push, if I'm averse to something, that's something to inquire about because there might be a little bit that I can unlock. Because now the thing is, is now that I've realized where this aversion to the Hot Wheels comes from, I can now go, oh. Okay, and I can sit and play and enjoy it with my son because it's like I can sort of see why I feel like this. I can acknowledge it. I can let it go. But prior to the writing therapy, prior to the introspection, I just felt odd about it and I never liked it. It just felt odd and ugh, triggering. Something to consider. And it's taught me the lesson of introspecting when I don't, when I feel that same feeling. It's given me that insight into future things because I know there will be other things that I discover that have a similar feel to it and that the prime example for me now that I can recognize is uh, like handyman work I for years just pulled away from it uh, but now I can sort of see the connections there and why and I'm sort of working on that as well the one that I really wanted to go into is the full day fast so I have this tendency this sort of addictive personality when I was heavily into alcohol and other things like that, I couldn't settle it just a little bit. I had to have it all. As in, if you bought one bottle or five bottles or, you know, a certain amount of a substance, it's like, I'm having it all. Doesn't matter how little, doesn't matter how much. And I found the same thing with food. If you give me a full plate that's like, you know, really big or a full plate that's really small or a half full plate, no matter how much is on that plate, I will eat it all. My brother highlighted this fact to me saying like, you know, he, he recognized in himself that he would just eat the full plate, not think about it. But that's a bit funny when you think about it, you should really choose how much you eat. And that sort of sent me on this process like, oh my God, I do eat everything on my plate and I eat really quickly. It's just sort of this family joke that it's just like you look away, look back and all the food's gone. And this is how I've always been, this this sort of just gorging, overconsumption, sort of panic feeling about food. And, you know, this has led to, you know, crash diets. It's led to mild issues of like bulimic-like behavior, like vomiting and stuff. Not, not, not enough to get like diagnosed, but definitely not nothing, right? Haven't been like that for years, but I've still got this issue around food, this fear of food running out, this... Oh, some, something's going on there. And, you know, I've been reading more about um, traumatic pasts and um, all of these sort of things and speaking to people. And one story comes to mind. The basic connection is, is that if you had a traumatic, neglectful past, you're going to have issues with food. 
because you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. Now, in my mum's house, I had enough food to eat all the time. In my dad's house, I didn't. So there's this contradiction there. So the reason I did a full day fast is because I want to show myself that I'm fine. That if I feel a little bit hungry, that's not that's not a case to panic. It's not a case to run and scream and like freak out. It's fine. You're fine. I can last a day. And like, I mean, obviously I can last a day. It's not, it's not like a, you know, logically I know that humans can survive for days and days and days without food. But the problem is, is, is fear and, you know, trauma and all of these things that leaves an, it's an irrational issue in your brain. I'm not, wasn't, I can look at these feelings and go, okay, well, logically I know I'm fine, but then there's this impulse to turn and eat. So the full day fast, having come out the other side of it, of course I was fine. You know, I felt a bit hungry throughout the day and and, and that sort of stuff. We're going to break it down a bit more, but I was fine. I woke up the next morning, had some food, we're all good. In fact, it made me feel a bit mentally sharper and it made my dreams more vivid. Um, but beyond those sort of basic basic benefits, it showed me that I'm fine. I'm fine if I go hungry. It's fine to be hungry. Nothing nothing bad happens because I'm safe and I'm fine. I'm an adult. It's all good. This might sound funny sort of talking to you and people like, I get this impression because I exercise. I look the way I do. I've got heaps of tattoos, the whole thing. People are like, yeah, you're fine. You're this, you're that. And they put all these judgments upon me. But the thing is, is they only see the external perspective of what I project. They only see what I am based on through their perceptions lens, right? Internally, I've got a lot of little issues like this that I'm sort of struggling with. So going on a full day fast, one, it showed that I could. Two, it taught me that, yeah, I'm fine. Now, I'm going to do a self-care Sunday probably every Sunday, right? <laughs> but I, I won't do the fast every time because, I'm you know, it's not it's not something that I'm keen on doing. I may, I may not. I'll probably end up doing like a fast once a month and I might push it out to maybe two days next time just to just to really just reinforce this lesson. It's not, don't get me wrong, it's not like pleasurable. It's not, um, it's not something I, I would be like, hell yeah, this is great. But it's more for the benefits of, the mental state benefits of proving to myself, you're fine. Food's regular, you've got the money to support it, shops are open, like you're, you're good. And, and and I suppose the, the, the broader lesson here is, is that if you've had a traumatic past, you might have a similar hang-up to food as I do, or you might have other hang-ups that I don't have but you made based on what you had and didn't have as a child. Um, another immediate one for me would be like just, you know, care and concern and um, appreciation from a role model father figure sort of person. My dad just wasn't there. He just basically was absent even when you were, I was in his company. It's like he wasn't present. So I'm sort of, I realize I've got this craving for sort of uh, a male role model figure's appreciation of my worth. However, what's the solution to this? It's like, it's the solution is to act, to create, to produce for myself. Not to get appreciation from some external source, it's to get that internal source. I recognize that now, but I'm still... Once again, it's it's not a logical feeling. It's like, oh, I want this father figure to love me. Okay, well, my father's like passed away and he was completely inadequate. And now that I'm the adult, now that I'm the father, I have to provide that for myself and provide it for my son so that he's he never gets that. 
one of the interesting things I discovered with the 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 the, the writing therapy and just the introspection and the med- like all of the stuff that I did um, yesterday was to realize that a lot of my actions have been to stop not put uh, the same issues into my son as what I've got right it's like it's like my father's like this is a lesson of what not to do and then it's like okay but what about what I want what do I actually want other than not to pass on trauma not to repeat the cycle what do I want for my son what do I want okay I recognize that beyond all of the stuff that's gone on in my life in my mind I'm sort of doing the things that I wanted to do. It's by a different name. It's by a different way. But like the online stuff that I'm doing, the self-help stuff that I'm doing, the fiction, the poetry, the the creative works, the martial arts, all of the other little things that even things I don't share, it's all relative to, It's a, there's an analogy or a, a simile to what I wanted to be when I was younger. And that has taught me that my son will be and do who he wants to be and do. And rather than push him down a path, obviously I'll suggest and make ideas and teach him what I think is right. But if he shows interests in certain topics or a desire to go down certain paths, let's do it. Let's encourage that. Rather than sort of putting the anxiety upon him, like worry, like you should try this or what about this other thing? I don't know. I don't know what the world's going to be like for him. I don't know the world that he exists in the sense that he's a child as I'm an adult. So his his universe is very different to mine, even though we're existing in the same place. I've sort of, not that I have, but like worked it out, quote unquote, enough to at least survive and be functional. He's working it out. He's learning. He's growing. And by the time he's my age, the world will be completely different. So who am I to say that I'm right? By the time he's my age, I will be 65, right? By that time, that's going to be 30 years from now, whatever, (laughs) the world will be a significantly different place and it will just it will take new ways of thinking. So it would be better to encourage and push down his interests as opposed to forcing down certain paths. However, there are things that I, I, I will be giving him that I didn't have. Once again, it's sort of like, these are the lessons that I think are valuable. For example, I'll be teaching him self-defense martial arts, how to exercise, how to treat your body well, how to be confident in your skin. I'll be teaching him money management. We're already... Um, Whenever I do a task that uh, earns money in the house, for example, helping with work in some capacity, he earns a bit of money and then he's allowed to spend it on whatever he likes. Now, yes, he's three and a half and he's choosing to spend it on, you know, biscuits and um, transformer toys, right? But it's already teaching himself efficacy and the self, uh, self-reliance and the idea that if you do something, you get a reward for it, or at least you should. Is this right? Is this wrong? Will it teach him certain, you know, bad things that he will... Uh, be criticize me for maybe uh but the 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 sort of solace that i've come to is is that i'm at least sort of thinking about and making those choices i'm at least i have this real feeling that my father didn't step back and think of what he was doing how his his lifestyle was impacting my and my brother's upbringing and if he did think about it, he didn't have the fortitude or strength to change. Or if he did change, the changes he made didn't go far enough. So either way, it's like, I want to make sure that I'm that positive role model. So what I'm getting with all of this is taking a day to recover my mental state was a very good choice. And it's one that I'm going to instill again. So like I said, I've called it self 
self-care Sunday challenge, um, made it up myself, whatever, put your own things in there. I, I put these things in there because it sort of hits hits all of the nails on the head for me. I posted uh, posted a little image of this on Saturday, the day before the the day before I did this, saying I'm going to do this tomorrow. And I think maybe five to ten people were like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in," except most of them said they're not doing the fast. Fair enough. If you don't have the same issues with the fast, don't do it. Right? If you would prefer to do certain things or other things, it's, it's self care is what matters to you. I just want to highlight that self-care isn't isn't just feel-good activities, though. It's not like, oh, I'm going to eat a chocolate cake. That's self-care because I'm, you know, treating myself. Maybe, it, to me, self-care is more things that make you feel good in the short and the long term. So, like, meditation has immediate benefits, and it benefits you in the long term. Same as the riding therapy. Same as the walking and the stretching and the water, right? Same as the relaxation activities, um, the full day fast, there are, there are certain potential benefits of intermittent fasting in your day. I do practice intermittent fasting as a, you know, every day eating in a certain eight hour block basically. Um, and there's some suggestions I haven't really looked into it fully of full day fasts or regular full day fasts. I'm no expert, but the point is, is in general, your self care should be like habitual changes. It should be things that will benefit you in the long term. At least that's just my take. I mean, if you're if you're sad and depressed and you need to eat the cake so you don't self-harm, by all means eat the cake, right? But also take other action so that the next time you don't need to eat it. Does that make sense? Like don't harm yourself. Eat the cake now. But if you if that's where you stop, I think there's a little bit of a folly there. You should actually keep going and go, well, what can I do as an ongoing thing as well? Do I need to exercise? Do I need to take my medicine? Do I need to do some writing therapy? Do I need to speak to a doctor? Do I need to call a friend? What do I need to do that will get me out of this funk so that I don't have to eat the cake or self-harm? Do you see what I'm going for there? Anyway, with all this in mind, like I said, uh, click the link um, in the show notes or have a look at the show notes. I'll put the stuff that I did for the self-care challenge there. Let me know if you do it. Like, please try it. Try the whole lot. Try the meditation, the writing therapy, the fast, the walk, the stretch, the water, and the bath with the book. Spend a day doing that. Obviously, it doesn't have to be on a Sunday. I just chose Sunday because that's the day that sort of suits my timetable. But do it. Let me know what you think of it. Let me know how you go. If you struggled with any part of it and if you made any changes or if you added anything in. Because I might make this a... I might go the full thing every Sunday. I might uh, end up doing the full thing without the fast every Sunday. I'm not sure. Because the idea is self-improvement. The idea is to trend upwards. Remember, we do go up. We do go down. And that's okay. It's about keeping that upwards trend. Cheers.